Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. You are always getting paid and you are always getting paid in the currency you are asking for. So maybe the currency you're asking for is likes on Facebook, or maybe the currency you're asking for is a lot of compliments from your friends or maybe the currency you're asking for is neglect. You know, for a long time, my self-esteem was so low, it sort of mattered to me that I work really hard and kind of have no one notice. Like, <laughs> that kind of worked for me in a weird way. Um, so, and when I started the Organized Artist Company, you know, I started building my list very organically and, and had this wonderful list of people who were really responsive and they'd write me back and they would click and like and everything, but they never bought anything. And finally, I realized, oh, wait, I think the problem is me. And I realized, yeah, because I was more invested in their affection than I was in making a living. And the minute I decided, oh, wait, I think it's possible for me to have their affection and make a living, you know, I tripled my income. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Sam, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you so much, Trini. Hi, everybody. Yeah, it is really cool to have you back here um, a second time because, uh, you know, we had you uh, when you had your previous book come out, Get It Done, which, you know, I loved that book because it was incredibly simple and incredibly applicable and it wasn't all sorts of crazy things that involved taking gargantuan risks, but things anybody who was a creative professional could do on a daily basis to actually make progress. Um, and, you know, the second book, which is why you're back, Start Right Where You Are, also, I felt, had a lot of the same uh, <clears throat> tone to it. But before we get into the ideas from the book, I want to ask you, what did your parents do for a living? And how did that impact the choices that you've made with your life and your career? Um. That's so interesting. Okay, so my um, both of my parents came from a fair amount of family money. Um, that, as, as a novel I read once, said, my family money is so old, there's none left. Um, <laughs> and so there's been very little trickle-down effect from this. But my parents themselves grew up in very affluent environments. And so my dad... Um, uh, mostly he golfed. He was one of actually America's best amateur golfers for a long time. Um, and he had some, when I was little, he sold time for a radio station. Um, and then I'm not sure what he was doing. And then he had a, he worked for his family business for a while, Bennett box and pallet company, which made boxes and pallets to ship boxes to ship ammunition in and pallets for forklifts. Um, 
And then he kind of didn't do very much. And then he was, he sort of like did investment advising and insurance sales and stuff. And he, um, uh, but he was really severely depressed for, for most of his life and kind of only got diagnosed and treated fairly recently. So it was really hard for him. He didn't, he wasn't really into the whole holding down a job thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and my mom was always kind of an entrepreneur. She had um, a marketing communications business when I was a girl. She had, she opened her own yoga studio. She was a yoga student and studied with um, uh, BKSA Engar in India. And um, so ran a yoga studio back when everybody thought yoga was, you know, I don't know, a cult or something. Um, and, uh, and now she has a business called the International Institute for Facilitation and Change, where she works with uh, mostly nonprofits and NGOs in Central and South America, um, helping them have better meetings, actually better agenda planning and better meetings. So the fact that neither of them ever had like a traditional get up in the morning and go to work kind of a job, I think definitely influenced my view of work (laughs) and uh, that they were both kind of their own boss all the time. My parents divorced when I was very young and then proceeded to marry and divorce everybody else. Mm -hmm. So like I have more ex-step parents than most people have toes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So there was a lot about my growing up that was kind of unconventional. Um, But yeah, but I think the idea that you could, um, that your work could be an extension of your intellectual curiosity, you know, that work was something that, uh, nourished you and was interesting and was um kind of a force for good in the world that um that definitely hit me big time mm-hmm. to parents who are listening to this who maybe have you know the get up and go to work job i mean w- what do you think that they should be telling their kids about work having had the upbringing that you've had well I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I was such a weird kid. I mean, I was an, I mean, I was an actor before I even knew that there was such a thing as being an actor professionally. You know, I, I always wanted to be an actor. And sometimes people ask like, Oh, you know, were your parents supportive? It's like, I don't know that they ever felt like they even had a choice (laughs) about supporting me. Um, in, in, uh, in being an actor, like that's, that's all I ever wanted to do. And I was so clear about that, that they were, um, you know, they kind of went along for the ride. So I guess, I guess that's what I would say is whatever it is that your kids are super duper into, whatever it is that's really sparking their curiosity and, 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 and making them want to get up and do things, you know, like, oh, I've got to go see this show, or I've got to take this class, or I've got to go to this theater camp, or I've got to go, you know, um, to really support them in that, because no matter how impractical it looks from the outside, it will lead them to where they need to go. You know, the skills you learn as an actor are invaluable in life and certainly in entrepreneurship. And I imagine that would have been true if I'd been into chess or, you know, debate or building robots or whatever, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because I think that we have this very strange sort of narrative of putting pressure on people um at an age when they're incredibly young to figure out what it is that they want to do with their life. And it becomes this huge source of stress and anxiety. And, you know, I, at moments, <clears throat> try to think back about why I couldn't make more intelligent career decisions early in my career. And I realized that the problem with this notion that you have to know what you're going to do with your life at the age of 20, 25, 18, is you don't have enough data points to make a really informed decision. It's a right. very narrow perspective that causes the decisions that you make. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even really know what your skill sets are. You know, you don't really know what you're, what you're great at. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think really just, uh, you know, almost the kind of, you can sort of broaden out the idea behind Montessori, you know, really let, let kids follow their own interests and, and go where they want to go. Cause really it'll, it'll add up to something. It absolutely will. Don't, don't worry. Mm. So having had parents who, um, it came from affluence. I, I'm curious kind of what your own sort of money story was growing up, um, having seen parents like that and, you know, how has it evolved? Because I know you talked about this a little bit in the book. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the real benefit to, to the way I grew up is that um, I'm not afraid of money, you know, like, and I never had an idea that money was bad or that rich people were bad and um, or, or rich people are snobby or rich people aren't nice. You know, I never, I never felt that way. Um, and my mother especially was always very clear about sort of what money could buy. I mean, it could buy us theater tickets. It could buy us, um, you know, th- me going to theater camp. It could, um, uh, you know, going to a great school, but we were never into like expensive cars or fancy trips or, you know, probably we didn't have that much money, <laughs> but also, um, you know, we just, just, that wasn't our thing. It just, we just weren't into that. Um, so I think it growing up with a lack of fear around money and a real clarity around what money can buy and what it couldn't. I also, and I, this, I don't know what prompted my parents to do this, but when I was 12, we moved into my mother uh, and my sister and I and whoever her husband was at the time moved into a three and a half flat in Chicago. So they had the first floor apartment and I had the basement apartment and then the top two floors were for other families. So I had my own apartment that was connected to the main apartment, but I was starting at the age of 12 and, and I got two, I think I got $250 a quarter for allowance so, and I was responsible for buying all my own books and my own toiletries, my own clothes and my own whatever I wanted. And I had to manage that money over the course of the quarter. And I got a job right away. Like I worked in, <laughs> I worked in retail. I had a job at a, at a retail store in Chicago. Um, so I was always very, very aware of money and the, and I always had a job. And then I was so super broke as an actor for so long. I got really good at being really, really poor. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was going to ask uh, about sort of, you know, having been in the situation that you did growing up, I, I knew the actor piece involves being poor for an extended period of time. It's funny because I have an old roommate who gave up a very high profile finance job, um, you know, at, at an investment firm where I remember he would spend, you know, $1,000 in a day without batting an eyelash. And he came to LA to be an actor and he's been at it for about 10 years. Um, so I'm just curious, kind of, uh, you know, how does that how does the the transition from being in a situation where money is not such a struggle to being in a situation where it is like, how does that change things? Well, I was really um, proud of my ability to live on very little money and proud of my ability to cobble together. You know, I had, I had, I was working the gig economy way before it was the gig economy. <laughs> like, you know, I had a million different part-time jobs and gigs and shows and projects and whatever. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, it never felt like I personally had a lot of money. So, um, you know, the family money was always there and maybe that gave me a certain confidence. Maybe that gave me a feeling of like, there's a safety net there or there's, um, 
you know, there is an abundance of money somewhere. It may not be in my wallet right now, but it's out there. And, um, and a sense, so a sense that, that I could afford to, that I could afford to not make very much money. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I mean, the reason I'm asking all these questions, obviously they're for personal morbid curiosity, but um, Seth Godin had a really interesting sort of monologue in his Leap First seminar where he said, first and foremost, money is a story. And I'll prove to you it's a story. He said, it's a story for investment bankers who make $3 a second. And it's a story for peasants who make $3 a day. Um, and that, you know, if you win the lottery, your life won't change substantially because your narrative around money is pretty much still the same. That's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true. And it's one of the reasons I love entrepreneurship is because it is the single best tool for personal growth and spiritual development of all time, because everything that's going on in your head shows itself in your results. So whatever, wherever it is that you're screwed up around money, it will show, you can tell because it's what's happening on your bank balance. It's what's happening right in front of you. And the minute you get out the tiny screwdrivers and fix what's going on inside of you, your results change instantaneously. Okay, so it's it's two, shocking. Two, two questions will come from this. One, one is more of a comment than anything. You know, I, I realized that I absolutely despise putting Ikea furniture together because there are always parts left over and, you know, <laughs> shelves start falling off like months later and it's just a total shit show. Uh, And then I realized I hate putting together furniture of all kinds, and I just moved into a new apartment. And I thought to myself, okay, I wonder how much it would cost to have somebody come over and do this on TaskRabbit. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I paid, I think, 60 bucks for an hour and a half's worth of work that would have taken me like eight or nine hours. Yeah. And the weird thing is there is a time in my life when I would not have done it specifically to save the 60 bucks. Right. As opposed to the peace of mind that I get from having finished all of that, like having right. somebody else do it. Um, so to me, that's a, that's a clear indication that mentally there's a shift that has been made of some sort. But I, I think the bigger question really that's probably on people's mind is how do you change it? You know? Well, the one thing to notice, or one thing that I was really pleased when I noticed it, I don't know, is that you are always getting paid. And you are always getting paid in the currency you are asking for. So maybe the currency you're asking for is likes on Facebook, or maybe the currency you're asking for is a lot of compliments from your friends, or maybe the currency you're asking for is neglect. You know, for a long time, my self-esteem was so low, it sort of mattered to me that I work really hard and kind of have no one notice. Like, (laughs) that kind of worked for me in a weird way. Um, So, and when I started the Organized Artist Company, you know, I started building my list very organically and and had this wonderful list of people who were really responsive and they'd write me back and they would click and like and everything, but they never bought anything. And finally, I realized, oh, wait, I think the problem is me. And I realized, yeah, because I was more invested in their affection than I was in making a living. And the minute I decided, oh, wait, I think it's possible for me to have their affection and make a living, you know, I tripled my income. Hmm. Wow. Um, well, I, I think that makes a, a really perfect segue to start talking about some of the ideas in the book, one of which is the one that you just mentioned that really mm. struck a chord with me. Um, but I want to, actually, I know where I want to start with this. Uh, you know, you mentioned that there are a lot of things that you learn as an actor that are incredibly useful for entrepreneurship and life in general. And I'm curious what those are. Yeah, well, I think it was I think it was actually Seth that I heard say this. Um, 
or maybe it was Malcolm Gladwell. I don't know. One of my heroes. Um, anything you can do that where you learn to stand up in front of people and speak coherently and anything that you can do to improve yourself as a writer, if you can speak and write, you can pretty much always have a job doing pretty much whatever you want. Um, the ability to communicate effectively with other human beings is just everything. Um, I think the deep understanding of story is really, really important. Um, and it's certainly what, you know, what acting's all about is telling stories. Um, and, and it's what marketing is all about. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the reasons why I love marketing almost as much as I love acting is because it's all about human behavior. Like, why do people do what they do? You know, what, what motivates them? What, what unmotivates them? Why do they say they'll do something and then they do something else? Or they say they'll never do something, but then they do it. It's like, it's fascinating to me. Um, so that's a big part of it. So story, writing, speaking, story, um, ensemble, the ability to work with a, a group of people, some of whom have very strong personalities. Uh, that's a critical life skill. The ability to just keep going and do it no matter what. I mean, opening day is opening day. And I don't care if your cat died or if you've got the flu or your scene partner doesn't still doesn't know their lines or has bad breath, you know, like you just have to do it. Um, and that kind of grit and determination and see it through itness, I think is also a tremendous skill set. Um, what else? Uh, Understanding a little bit of, of stage magic, you know, of, of, uh, of the energy in a room, how to read the energy in a room and how to manage the energy of a room when you're teaching or running a live event or even, you know, even teaching online. Like it's, you're still together in a kind of a psychic room and, um, cultivating your intuition, huge, huge understanding what it is that makes you interesting or special, your sort of personal branding aspects. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing about it that isn't applicable. <laughs> Except maybe accents, <laughs> space work, you know, mime. <laughs> so tell me what uh, planted the seed for the second book. Mm. Well, the second book is almost a prequel to the first book, you know, get it done is, is kind of project management for artists. You know, it's how do you get your work out into the world? Um, in a way that feels fun. So scheduling and budgeting and decision-making and project management. Um, but I realized, you know, if I, if it's not actually okay with you on the inside that you get your work out into the world, or if you are so exhausted and stressed out that you can't even think about getting your creative work out into the world, it doesn't matter what clever strategies I give you because you're not going to do it. And I realized I was also leaving out a big part of my own story, you know, that what had gotten me from broke and crying on a couch in North Hollywood to six figures by the beach was a lot of mindset stuff. It wasn't really the exercises and strategies, although those things helped. It was really the decisions uh, that I learned how to make in the moment and the toolkit that I assembled to get me out of depression and out of being broke and into something a lot more fulfilling. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so you brought up depression, so I, I want to kind of talk briefly about that. Um, I mean, one, I'd love to, if you don't mind sharing, you know, can you tell us a little bit about some of the lower points in your life and how you pulled out of them? Um, and, you know, more importantly, what are the takeaways for people listening? Yeah. Um, so depression completely sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, And if anybody's suffering from depression, I just want to take this moment to say, I am so sorry that that is happening because <laughs> it's really, really miserable. Um, I have always had depression, uh, but when I was a kid, childhood depression didn't exist, especially not in nice white middle-class families, but uh, it didn't exist anywhere. I mean, there was just no such thing. Uh, I was just weird and sad. And, uh, and I was, it was, it was quite a long time into my adulthood before I realized that what I had was depression. 
Um, and it was really a friend of mine recommended the book, the noonday demon by Andrew Solomon, which again, if you have not read is a masterpiece, not only is it an incredible piece of writing and research, but just a, the best book I've ever read about depression. And it was such an incredible relief to me to read it and be like, Oh my gosh, this is a thing. Like, I'm not crazy. I'm sick. You know? <laughs> it, was, it was a real, real, I know some people don't like to medicalize their, their, their depression, but for me, it was a real relief. Um, I have what's called atypical depression, which is sort of a misnomer because it's very typical, but it, what that means is I kind of, when I'm out in public, I sort of seem fine. Uh, it's very high functioning. So it's not the kind of like lay in bed and cry all day. Mm-hmm. Can't get, can't get up kind of depression. Uh, which while horrible has a some a little advantage in that because other people notice with a typical depression, it's very easy for other people to not notice. And it's only really when you're alone that the walls really close in. So it's, it's sort of got a little double dose of loneliness. Um, yeah. And there were times it was really, um, intolerable, uh, I, it, yeah, it was really, it, it was, it's a really, it's a, it's a, it's a really, really nasty disease. And so what helped me was, you know, but it's, and it's a global disease, right? It's a chemical problem. It's a spiritual problem. It's a psychic problem. It's an emotional problem. It's a historical problem. It's, you know, it's a hormonal problem. It's, it's everything. So you kind of have to attack it on all fronts. And, uh, and so for me, uh, Wellbutrin 300XL absolutely made a difference. Uh, really put a basement on the house. Like it's not like happy pills. It doesn't, you know, make numb you to your feelings or anything. Or it doesn't mean it just means that when I things do get bad, they don't get as bad. Mm-hmm. And um, what else? A lot of prayer and meditation. Uh, the work of Byron Katie really helped me. Absolutely saved my life. The work of Byron Katie. Um, which is kind of a, an evolved version of, of cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but it's, and it comes and goes. I mean, it's still, it's still, um, comes back every now and again. I wrote a, the last time it came back, I was shocked at how sort of quickly it pulled me down and, and how, how bad it was. And then I was so relieved when it lifted. Uh, I wrote a little post about it on Facebook that got more likes and comments and shares than anything I've ever written by a factor of about 10. Mm-hmm which tells me that people are really starved to talk about this disease and they don't have the language. They don't know. Um, yeah, I think you brought up a lot of really uh, interesting points. Um, one is you mentioned medication, which I think, you know, I think the the sort of new agey life coachy uh, self-help mantra is you should avoid it at all costs. Uh, oh, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's total bullshit. Um, having you know been having tried to do it, and I remember one of my friends said he's like you're white knuckling. I said what does that mean? He said you're hanging on by a thin thread. He said all it's going to take is one little thing to basically push you over the edge. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's stupid. You know, I mean, it's just, you you wouldn't say don't take medicine if you were diabetic. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't say don't take medicine. You know, it's, I mean, if you can, you know, if you can do it without medicine, sure, of course. But, and I was absolutely one of those people. Oh, I would never take a pill every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I would punch you if you got in between me and my pill every day. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine told me that he, when he went to see his doctor, he was like, just think of it as a vitamin for your brain. That's right. 
<laughs> I was it. like, okay, cool. I can get on board with that. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's start talking about this toolkit that lifted you from depression to, you know, six figures on the beach, because I think that's really, you know, in my mind, I don't think it's not necessarily just the money, but sort of the satisfaction that comes from getting to do something you love being Mm. where you want. Like, what is the toolkit? You know, what are aspects and elements of it? Yeah. So one is, is, is embedded in the title of the book, start right where you are, quit locating your happiness in the future. Right. Because I was absolutely guilty of that. I was like, okay, if I just get this gig, you know, then it'll be okay. If I book this part, it'll be okay. If I make this money, if I lose this weight, if I this, if I that, like, then it'll be okay. And, you know, sometimes I would hit those goals and sometimes I wouldn't. And it didn't make any difference how I was feeling on the inside. So what I realized is you've got to remove your attention from those future things and bring your energy and focus back to the present moment. Because that's where all the power is. And that's where all the opportunity is. So that means we're spending most of our time managing mindset, managing what's happening inside your head, and what your hands and feet can touch right now, like what's really in your sphere of influence right now that you can do, and not later today right now, right now, right now. Mm -hmm. So some of that is just pure, straight up well-being stuff, breathing, being fed, you know, doing the halt check, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, thirsty, you know, are you any of these things? (laughs) If so, you must deal with that first. And this idea that people have of like, oh, I can't, you know, I don't have time for my prayer practice, or I don't have time for this, because that's selfish, that's selfish, it'd be selfish of me to do that. It's like, no, no, you walking around exhausted and stressed out and with no sense of humor is what's selfish. Because the rest of us have to deal with you like that. <laughs> and that's not fun. You know, when you what when you you are rested and fed and meditated and patted and walked and creatively fulfilled and cuddled, you're great. We love that version of you. You know, you've got a light in your eyes and you can listen and you have good ideas. You're not so reactive. You don't take everything so personally. Can you imagine if everybody showed up like that? Amazing. So, and that's really something that came out of my acting. Like I I would, on the days that I had auditions, I was really careful with myself. You know, I would, I would work out, I'd meditate, I'd make sure I look good. I'd schedule something nice for after the audition. So I had something to look forward to. I would um, not answer the phone. So I didn't get pulled off in anybody else's drama. Uh, I would really try to be very attentive to the people in the waiting room and everybody I met and really feeling like everything that was happening was a gift and an opportunity and then I was like, wait, why am I not doing this all the time? Like, why is this only happening three times a week? <laughs> this could be my whole life. Uh, so that's step one is just um, really starting from the center out and paying attention to that. Yeah, it's it's interesting to to hear you t- sort of talk about that first step, and it <clears throat> makes me think a lot about something that we've been you know talking quite a bit about on the show, and you know even in our email newsletters is the idea of designing the environments in your life. Um, and, you know, I just finished watching the minimalism documentary last night, which features, you know, a ton of former unmistakable creative guests. Uh, you know, it was really neat to see all these people that we'd interviewed and, you know, for the longest time I was under the impression that minimalism was just about, you know, the number of things you own or fitting your life into a backpack. And what I realized is that the message really was not about the number of things that you own, but to be deliberate about what you do own. And by, you know, changing the smallest thing in our environment, like for example, the shoes you wear, Mm. you suddenly show yourself, wait a minute, there's an aspect of reality that I have complete control over that can be actually molded to my own liking. 
And I started to think, I'm like, wow, if you did that constantly throughout your life, almost everything would be there because you intended for it to be there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's one of the ways to make sure that you end up inside a happy future. And it kind of loops back to that thing of like, what do you tell your kids? You know, if you are really following your intuition and following your own desire and and taking steps and paying attention, not only do you get to enjoy the process of what's unfolding, but it will automatically, I mean, by definition, it will take you someplace cool. It will take you to the place that you will like, you know, you will not end up, you know, lonely in a, a mansion on the hill, you know, or alone and lonely with 13 cats. Um, you will, you know, as opposed to chasing one of those exterior outside future goals, which you may not like it when you get there. So yeah, exerting as much control as you possibly can over what's happening right now and over the things over which you have control. Um, and uh, and I think that's a big mistake people make is is we spend way too much time wringing our hands over the things over which we have no control and not nearly enough time exerting control over that over which we do have control. Um, so, and that, and it's sort of just being a really good parent to yourself. Yeah. Uh, and then really adjusting your mindset, probably one of the more radical ideas in the book, one of the ones that's helped me the most is this idea that nothing bad is happening. Nothing bad is happening. I say this all the time. And now my team says it all the time. And now my clients say it all the time. And people say it back to me all the time. Uh, nothing bad is happening. And when I say nothing bad is happening, here's what happens for me. First of all, it reminds me that I have a spiritual belief that says we live in a benevolent universe and not just when things are going my way. So sort of checks me on that. It also makes me get a little more precise in my language. So if nothing bad is happening, what is happening? Is something heartbreaking happening? Is something uncomfortable happening? Is something that is just not the way I would have planned it to go this way happening? Like, what's happening? And then finally, the sort of advanced class is then what is the invitation and the opportunity in what's happening? Because every single thing that looks like a problem or looks like a mistake is an op- is calling you forward. It's an opportunity for you to what? To be more tender, to be more understanding, to be firmer, to be bolder, to be a better communicator, a better leader, a better teacher, a better boss, a better woman, a better partner, a better what? You know, like where, where's the invitation here? And how can you make the most of that? So, you know, I... I understand this intellectually and you can sell me on it right now. Like I am totally on board. If you had tried to sell me on this idea in 2014, when I was in the midst of like really crippling depression, I feel like no matter how many times I would say, no, nothing bad is happening. All I would be thinking about is all the horrible things that are happening. Yeah. And I am curious what you have to say about that because I, I'd imagine somebody is out there thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So, well, that's one of the hallmarks for me of depression is that everything bad is happening. Yeah. And everything that is happening is bad. Uh, it's how I know. It's how I can tell the difference between just a crappy mood and depression. Because when you're just having a crappy mood and you do the things that people always say to do when you have a crappy mood, like go for a walk, talk to a friend, get something to eat, get a massage. Like if I do those things, then I will feel better. Mm-hmm. 
And if I can shift the mood by doing one of those things, I know, okay, this is just a mood. You know, it's a crappy mood and that's fine. I feel sad. That's fine. It's a crappy mood. When I do those, but when I'm depressed, I can take a walk. I can talk to a friend. I can eat a meal and it doesn't make any difference. And that what they call anhedonia, the inability to take pleasure in anything is for me one of the real signs of depression. Like I'll be sitting there, I'll be sitting there at lunch with a friend going, this is fun. I can tell that it's fun because other people are smiling and laughing. Why am I not having the sensation of fun? So yeah, if, if, if you're having that experience, then, then yeah, you have a medical situation that needs immediate attention Mm. because it is a fatal disease gone untended. It is a fatal disease. And this is why it's a fatal disease because you feel like nothing will ever get better. It's not that you can't take the pain. We can take the pain. We take the pain all the time. It's when you feel like the pain will never, ever, 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 ever end no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. That's when you start looking for the exit door. Yeah, I, I've I've been there. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it was a surf session with my business partner, Brian. He said, you know, we surf for four hours. He caught wave after wave. And I know I knew normally in a situation like that, I would be out of the water with a shit eating grin on my face. Yeah. Um and there's a picture of the two of us on the beach in which I look emaciated. And he said, you're not even smiling in this picture. Yeah. And so he knew something was wrong at that point. Um, but, you know, one of the things that's interesting is you mentioned sort of this regiment that you follow. Um, and I, I, you know, I can relate to this because this is something I do anytime I know I have a, a speaking engagement coming up. Um is the two weeks before the speaking gig, I am like a athlete training for a game. And I learned that from Eric Wall. I mm-hmm. figured based on what Eric Wall's keynote fee was, I was like, okay, I think you might know a thing or two about, <laughs> you know, about this. And I am blown away by how effective it is. Like I don't drink for the two weeks before, um, you know, exercise is like, you know, at an all time high, I'm pretty much like an athlete training for a game. And I am blown away by how wonderfully well that works. And I think it's a, to me, it's one of those really wonderful hacks that you can apply to nearly every creative project. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's amazing how, how, how well good preparation <laughs> can help. How yeah. much it can help. Yeah. So we've kind of looked at this, um, I think, to sort of a, a holistic lens and at a higher level. So let's let's get more granular with this idea of starting right where we're at. I mean, you know, what on a day-to-day basis, in addition to some of what you've talked about, um, can be people be doing to move, you know, whatever it is they're trying to move forward? Yeah. So one of them is just a little breathing technique that I learned 150 years ago uh, that I love. And we can actually just do it right now. Should we just do it? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll inhale for four, hold for seven, exhale for eight. I'll count us through it, and we'll just do it one time. Okay. So let your belly go really poochy soft, and give yourself a little Mona Lisa smile. And inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Exhale, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. (sighs) thank you. Thank you for doing that with me. And that's what it makes me do. Doing that breathing makes me go, ah, and you can do it one time. You can do it three times. You can do it 10 times. You can do it all night long. Uh, it works in the parking lot of the Trader Joe's. (laughs) It works during divorce proceedings. It works during medical procedures. It works. I have friends who have insomnia. They say it's great for insomnia. Um, 
So that's, again, super duper simple, tiny. And this is the whole thing with the book, right? It's 66 super tiny, tiny, tiny little chapters. And each one has a little tiny action step. And and most of them are as simple as that. Just just breathe. Just be present in your body for one second. Um, see how that changes things. Hmm. So... <laughs> You know, I think you pointed out something really interesting. You said most of these are very tiny, simple things. I feel like we all know so much about what we need to do in order to change whatever we want to change, but doing it is really where where the trouble you know it is seems to occur. Yeah, you know what, Sonia, you have just underlined one of my favorite um, flags with a client. Because uh, I hear this from people all the time. I know what I need to do. I just need to make myself do it. Right? I know what I need to do. I just need to make myself do it. Whenever I hear that, I immediately call bullshit. Because what I really, what that really means is, you know one way to do it, and you don't want to do it that way. Because if you knew, if, if it were the way to do it, then you would already be doing it. Look at all the things you've done. People do things all the time. You're very good at doing things. Like, <laughs> the reason you're not, you know, like, oh, I've got to work out. I should go to, you know, I got to go to the gym. I know I got to go to the gym. I just need to make myself do it. No, if going to the gym were the answer, you would already be going to the gym. So clearly that's not your bag. Let it go. Think <laughs> of something else, like figure out another way because there is some other way to get you to the result you want. I mean, first of all, you can question whether or not you actually need to work out, you know, like, do you actually want that result? Maybe it's just a big should that you have sitting on your head that's making you miserable. Um, you know, some things you can just cross off the list. Some things you're not doing because you don't genuinely don't give a shit. So just like, you know what? I don't give a shit about this. Let's just cross it off the list. Um, but if it's something you really do care about, then start looking more at the things that you are doing. You know, what are your, what are your own natural creative rhythms? What are the things you already love to do? What are the things that you do so easily and effortlessly? You know, you don't even notice that you're doing them practically. There's a way to get that result doing it your way. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, and that's again, part of that, the joy of bringing it back to, to you, you, you're present right now, the, who you are right now, and what's happening right now, as opposed to some fantasy future self that somehow, you know, manages to go to the gym every day and have a sparkling smile and I don't know, whatever else that, that, that person does. Um, and it's, and really the way, and it's tiny, tiny shifts, little one degree, little one degree shifts. That's it. That's it. You know, I, I think that we have a tendency in our culture to underestimate the impact of tiny shifts because we don't see the result from them like immediately. Whereas, mm. you know, you kind of add those things up over the course of, you know, a month, a year, you know, three years. It's kind of remarkable what a difference they make. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, uh, I mean, the thing that just popped into my head is, you know, we always hear about lottery winners who win the lottery and then five years later, they're exactly back to where they started economically. Uh, you know, when those big giant changes happen, if we're not ready for them, it's, it does not going to make any difference. So on the other hand, if you spent those years making little tiny one degree shifts in how you manage your money, you could have that lottery money in five years, right? Mm -hmm. So I have another tool actually that's sort of on my mind to share. Um, that's, that's kind of one of my favorites. It's a little like picking your favorite child, 66 exercises. And this one's my favorite. Um, but it's especially good for when you're stuck. 
when you've got that, like, I can't figure out what to do, or you're stuck in a feeling, you know, like you're mad, you know, you shouldn't be mad, but you're mad or you're sad or, um, or you're trapped in an old story. Like something happened in your past that you sort of can't get over. This is a really effective technique. Make some five minute art about it. Make some five minute art about it. So that means you maybe draw a picture and maybe it's just stick figures or just colors. Just how does it feel? What is the feeling of this? Uh, or maybe you do a dance or maybe you make up a little song or you get out the Sculpey clay or I don't know, whatever, whatever it is, however it is you like to express yourself, but make some five minute art about it. And what happens is two things happen. One feelings just want to be felt. Feelings just want to be felt. That's all they want. And once a feeling knows it's been felt, it can get a promotion and get a better job <laughs> as opposed to like trying to keep the feelings locked away. Cause that strategy works so very well. Um, said no one ever. Uh, so feelings just want to be felt. But also, once you have let your feelings take form, you can start to interact with them in a different way. You can start to have a different perspective on them. When it's all happening inside of your head, it feels really confusing and hard and often kind of dark. But once it's out in a song, in a dance, on a piece of paper, you can get a different perspective. And, and you know, so you're talking about not really noticing how depressed you were. I was working with a client one time on some money stuff and she made it, but she started to get really upset. She, and then, so I said, okay, go make some art about it. And she came back with this drawing of a big black bird that took up like the entire page. And she's like, I had no idea how angry I was about this situation. Like until I saw the drawing of the big black bird, I did not realize that I was really this mad. It's like, excellent. Now we can deal with the mad. Like that's something we can handle. Um, it's a really astonishing little game. Wow. Um, this has been really, really, really insightful. Um, I, I love conversations like this. So I want to finish with one last question, which is how we finish all our interviews at the unmistakable creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? I think, I think it's when somebody allows themselves to be their own tuning fork. You know, when you really pay attention to that inner gong and you let what resonates with you affect you and you let your tone, your vibration affect others. Um, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, that's the image that's coming to my mind is, is a tuning fork that, that when you're just right in, in vibe with, with your own self, with your own music, with your own tone. Hmm. Well, um, this has been fantastic. Where can people learn more about you, uh, your work, and the book? The book, you can go to startrightwhereyouare.com, startrightwhereyouare.com. And there's a super fun little freebie opt-in there. And then you can get on my email list, which is mostly how I communicate with people. You can write me back. We'll be pen pals, best friends. It'll be great. Uh, Start Right Where You Are or theorganizedartistcompany.com is the other place you can find me. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Next time on The Unmistakable Creative. Nobody ever started with you and said, look, there's two games. There's this social game, but there's this other thing over here called the universe, you know, your inner self. 
your authentic self. And you have to figure out how do I put myself in this game, the social game, and still value my inner self and do what drives me without doing what I need to do to get the attention of the external world. Because listen, when we're born as babies, that we survive because we become masters at getting other people's attention and approval, period. Right? If we don't cry, if we don't coo, if we don't whatever, we're not going to eat. We're not going to get a blanket put on us. So we're driven from that point on to worry about the external world, what they're thinking and how they're feeling about us. Nobody ever says to you, hold on a minute. You know, we're not, we're not living in the jungle. We don't have to survive that way anymore. We're living in a modern world. And you have to look at what drives you if you want to have a fulfilled life and focus on that. And yes, understand how the external world works, but don't let that thing grab onto you and drag you along because you'll wake up someday and you'll say, holy, I never lived. Tom Asacker joins us to talk about the business of belief. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. 
Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.